Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come plan your dream wedding all in one day at the 17th Annual Newport Bridal Show on March 3rd. Meet with more than 80 top wedding professionals at two of Newport's most romantic venues, Rose Cliff and Ocean Cliff Mansions. Visit NewportBridalShow.net to buy your ticket today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times Facebook live show and podcast covering all things high school sports and club sports on Cape Cod. I'm Matt Goisman alongside Steve Drenarian. Steve, got a big week for hockey. We got the Canal Cup coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first things first, I want to say happy birthday, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Joyous day, and then you get to host a show. How exactly. much more fun can you have? Yeah, I, anyway, Perfect yes. Guess. Yeah, exactly. The Canal Cup is coming up this Saturday. Uh, one of the biggest hockey games. It's not the biggest singular hockey game. And I only say that because you get to see Barnstable Falmouth twice. You get to see some of these league rivals mm-hmm. twice. This is a matchup you really only get to see once a year. Sure. And, and it really brings out, I think, the best of both communities. And this year in particular, we got a really great matchup. Um, Bourne comes in 10-3-1, Sandwich 7-4-2. I know you say records probably don't matter in some of these rivalries, but I think the coaches sense that this is going to be one of the more competitive games in past mm-hmm. year. The last couple of years, it's been a blowout. And I think this year we're expecting a really tight game. That's going to take place at 4.30 p.m. Saturday at Gallo Ice Arena in Bourne. And that's going to conclude a whole day of hockey. You know, It starts at 1 p.m. with a game between the Bourne and Sandwich uh, Police Departments. Mm-hmm. After that, the Bourne and Sandwich Boys JV play each other. Then it's the girls' uh, Canal Cup version, which is BMW Old, Old Rochester versus Sandwich. Mm-hmm. That's at 3. And then 4.30, um, the, the boys are going to go on the ice, and uh, that'll conclude a great day of hockey. Uh, Sandwich overall in this series, this is the 37th edition. They lead the series 22-13-1. Mm-hmm. Bourne did, has a Canal Cup now. They won it last year 8-2 in a really runaway game. Um and like I said, you can kind of throw out the records, but almost like Barnesville found with this year, both these teams come in really having really good seasons. Mm-hmm. They're both in clear playoff condition. Bourne actually, I think, has already clinched its yeah. postseason spot. So one team's already through. And there really doesn't really seem to be an in, in-your-face clear-cut favorite like past years. And, and you get a great crowd. You know, It's almost like that pre-Super Bowl hype since the mm-hmm. day before the Super Bowl. And I'll never forget two years ago, you hear ACDC's Hell, Hell's Bells going on. And it's kind of cool because Bourne and Sandwich have locker rooms right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of walking out alongside. And to see them take the ice you know, simultaneously, it's, uh, you know, it gave me a little bit of chills the first time. And I know the, the crowd feels the same way. But to the hockey part now, Bourne's really rolling. They've won six straight. Christian Mulkern really picking things up on the line with Max and Joe Hess, uh, the two twins there. Chase Lapworth also having a great season. Um, Lapworth actually, along with Joe Hess and Christian Mulkern, are all getting close to 100 career points. There so you. it'd be kind of cool if they hit that milestone against Sandwich. Year, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they're all hit it during the year, but if one of them can reach that somehow against mm-hmm. Sandwich, that will certainly be a memorable thing. But um, I really do like Bourne's defense, though. It's only allowed 27 goals through 14 games. Uh, goalie Kyle McGuire's played really well at times. As of defenders, John Sheehy, Jake Tura, Scott Silva, Dan Strode, Owen Lapworth, and Ethan Morth. Mm-hmm. All those guys are really good pairings with one another, and uh, they're tough. And I think they've really learned to contain themselves because in the beginning of the year, they were taking a lot of penalties, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of stuff that's going to put you at a disadvantage. Sure. I think they can cut down, if they cut down on that, 
and they just play hockey, they play five-on-five hockey, they're going to be just fine in this one. Sandwich kind of seems like they're maybe going in the other direction. I know you've done more, a little more research on them, but they're, they've lost to their last three. They got shut out by Nosset and Marshfield, which are Atlantic Coast League matches. Very good opponents, too. Very good <laughs> opponents, but certainly not those are not the teams you want to get shut out against if you're trying to compete for a league title or anything like that. Yeah, I think this team can compartmentalize a little bit and understand you got to put the pass in the pass. You know, mm-hmm. Marshfield was in the state final last year. There's not much you can do about that. Nossett's happened to play really well right now. Won four straight, including a big win over Barnstable. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I think one of the keys is Andrew, Andrew Childers. They moved him back from offense to defense this year, and I think that's been a really um, good transition for him. He's been supporting goalie Carson uh Schemenauer, I always mm-hmm. butcher his name. My bad, Carson, if you're listening. Um, but defense is going to be especially key when it comes to shutting down Bourne's high-powered offense. Again, the Hesses, Christian Mulkern, Chase Lapworth, all those guys are really capable of having multi-goal games, and you got to find ways to contain them and, and keep that offense at bay. And a lot of that's just going to come down to strong play in the neutral zone and not turning the puck over and giving mm-hmm. them easy chances. So, I mean, guys like Jack Hemme and Sean Connolly, Caleb McDermott, John uh, Stutzman, Rob Cardillo, Mike Barrasso, they're all capable of scoring for Sandwich. But I think Bourne's a more dangerous team if the scoring gets out of hand and we got a high-scoring game on, you know, yeah, I think so. at, at stake. So I think the big key is just managing Bourne's offense, trying to keep them at bay and just getting good goaltending and, and making the saves that, that Carson needs to make to, to keep it close. So I think if Sandwich can play a little bit more physically early on, maybe check harder, get Bourne off its game. Mm-hmm. Um, poke check well I, I think that sandwich could make a game of things but even in a close one i still think Bourne gets a two goal win something like that five three I'll, i guess i'll double down on my prediction from falmouth barnstable sure and like i said you guys can at me if i'm wrong and, and you know we'll see what happens saturday now this is uh on the girls side this tournament it's a rematch of the judy gormley cup right which yes. i believe uh the Bourne match be wareham uh, BMW, they beat Sandwich 4-2. Right. So this is a game where we have a little bit more info. It's not a situation where you only get this matchup once a right. year. So how much do you think what happened in the in the uh, Judy Gormley game is going to matter? I mean, it, it, it does a little bit, but it's so early in the year that you really can't – teams change over time. Mm-hmm. And I think both have shown a lot of heart this year, maybe aren't having as promising seasons as they expected, but – I still think BMW is a better team. And really the real storyline of this game is, will this rivalry continue? And I only say that because you look at the Bourne, Mashby, Wareham, Old Rochester team. and It's almost all O-R-R, It's almost right? all Rochester. And at the beginning of the year, we were hearing talk that, oh, maybe Old Rochester will just form its own team. And mm-hmm. will that co-op stay a thing? It could. I don't know. But you really hope for some of the players like Bourne sophomore Julia L- you know. LCA, she has eight goals, three assists this year in mm-hmm. 11 games. You know, you, she's only a sophomore, and you really hope that she can keep playing at the high school level. Sure. Um, and same goes for her classmate, Elizabeth Stone, Amanda, or uh, Avery Hathaway. All of them, I mean, go, are from born, and you don't want to see their careers just end because the co-op disbands. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I highly doubt they would merge with Sandwich, a couple of rivals there, you know. Yeah, right. But you can't really rule it out nowadays with co-ops kind of almost necessary to keep some of these programs going. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the team as they are this year, you know, Sandwich has shown a lot of heart. You know, it's a young squad that went toe-to-toe with Barnstable, and, and fair to be fair, so did BMW. Um, and they did, but the Sandwich went with a backup goaltender and really kept with Barnstable for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but freshman Paige Hawkins and junior Kylie Holt have played really well. Sophia Viseglio is back. She's an eighth-grade goaltender. She's mm-hmm. performed admirably. 
But I really think the difference is one's going to be Meg Nolan, who we've seen time and time again really steal wins for Bourne uh, for BMW. Uh, had multiple shutouts this year. I didn't look at the exact number. But I think she's going to have a big night. And, and if she's on her game, I, I think BMW wins this one handily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, again, that game's at 3 p.m. And the boys' game is at 4.30. Um, get there early because, you know, parking fills up pretty quickly over there at Gallo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they do have that alternative lot, you know, for, for big games like that just in case. So um, be, it's definitely a playoff atmosphere, too. And we get to see playoff games, South sectional tournament games mm-hmm. there just about every year. So be a fun atmosphere. Place is going to be rocking. So, uh, just a quick note on boys hockey. Nasa boys, as I mentioned, really turning things on right now. They've won four straight, including mm-hmm. a thrilling four-three home win over Barnstable, which is coming off a win over Falmouth. So, a real letdown for Barnstable coming yep. off of that. Um, senior captain Cam Hole had a pair of goals in that game, and Nas had a big second period, scoring three goals to knock off the Red Raiders, who I really think are still facing some goaltending uncertainties moving mm-hmm. forward. Connor Higgins got the start in that one, and you know, like I said last week, he got his chance, but I think he had to perform better than that if, if they're going to want to go with him down the stretch. So I still think Eddie Donovan, who who got the win against Falmouth, is still sort of that de facto number one. Sure. But it's really hard to tell because, as you mentioned last week and as we've talked with Coach Tim Grace, Connor Higgins has a one self-sectional tournament win under his belt. Mm-hmm. With a shutout and with yeah. 30 say, you know, so. So you don't know if maybe playoff time, maybe he turns a switch or something. We don't really know. But it's certainly kind of a concern at this point moving forward. Uh, absolutely. I, I feel like... That info is always there, but if you look at the the bulk of this season for Barnstable, I, I feel like Donovan has had more quality games, and ultimately when you get to the playoffs, you probably go with the guy who has the higher percentage likelihood of, of giving you a, a winnable performance. Right. So we'll see how that goes. Um, going to the girls' side, uh, it's certainly a huge win over the weekend for D.Y. Against Falmouth, against avenging Falmouth. the loss from earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, a 6-1 victory, just almost like deja vu because last year it was a road team that won both games in the matchup, and mm-hmm. the same thing happens this year. But it's also the third straight year that these teams have split in the series. So it kind of just shows really the competitive balance, I think, between those two teams and those are the clear best, two best in the ACL. Oh, yeah. Um, Kayla McGaffigan, though, stole the show. Five goals, um, including one shorthanded <laughs> at the end. Uh, power play was really strong. And McGaffigan had the other goal. Um, but, I mean, D.Y. is scary enough at even strength. And with three power play goals at D.Y., it just shows you really don't want to have to face yeah. that line, which is the two McGaffigans, Sam Johnson, mm-hmm. and then Phoebe and Lily Holmes on the back end, both who can score from deep as well. So. Mm-hmm. That's a really strong power play line and certainly one that you don't want to have to face often. Uh, but credit to goalie Tessa Bell. You know, she was sort of the backup coming into this year um, behind Lucy Reed, but she stepped up. She stopped a breakaway late in the second period and only let in one goal mm-hmm. and got the win and arguably the biggest win of the year for DY, at least um, with league implications. Um, so it's going to be a big, it's going to be an interesting stretch for DY. They got a big rematch at Barnstable at 5 p.m. Wednesday. That's going to be over at Hyannis. Uh, DUA won at home last month, 7-3. So mm-hmm. Barnstable, I think, has really got to step up to the task if they want to earn a season split. Um, after that, DUI should be able to beat the Cape Cod Furies and Marshfield to close out the ACL. So Fowles got three ACL games left, and they're really going to need to win all of them because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure last year the reason why DUI won it outright, I think Fowles tied one of those games. and DUI got the extra point, and they get the league title. So yeah. we'll see how things play out down the stretch. Um, but again, certainly Barnstable, uh, they're going to need a full team effort to, be, to beat a DY team. You know, Barnstable comes in 6-6-1, six, six DY 11-2. and two. 
they're going to need to put pressure on D.Y. early and often. I know that's difficult to do because D- Barnstable doesn't want to get exposed on breakaways, mm-hmm. you know, but I-, I think they really need to be more aggressive, at least from the jump. Just get on them, maybe try to get that first goal, get D.Y. on its heels. Sure. And I think if Barnstable can get the first goal in that game, kind of establish control, you know, you never know what happens. With the D.Y. girls, do you feel like – so the, a lot of – we talk about this all the time. A lot of them played on the field hockey team that won a state championship. One of the hallmarks of that team was its ability to control the midfield and not often even give up anything the defense has to be worried about. Are you seeing the same thing with the D.Y. girls where they're able to control, you know, the, the zone in, you know, the around center ice and just sort of always keep the pressure on the opposing team and make it easy for their back lines? Yeah, I mean, the the big stress is the neutral zone, and that has a big part of the defense. And I think what you're seeing there with, with the different, you know, you obviously got to change up the lines during mm-hmm. a hockey game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think D.Y. has done really well. Again, uh, Lily and Phoebe Holmes really strong in the back. Um, you got a couple of freshmen stepping in there who, who are playing well, certainly. Um, you know, we haven't seen D.Y. really get – blown out this year when they lose they only give up maybe three or four goals mm-hmm. so yeah I think that defense has been really strong John Shaw kind of chirps on that he, sure. I think he kind of knows that the twins are going to do their thing with their breakouts and score goals it's just a matter if that defense can hold up and keep the margin of um, keep the margin of error wide enough where the McGaffigans if, if they need to mm-hmm. the game's in close enough where if they just need a goal they can throw out that power line and they can go get one cool um, just another quick note too congratulations to the Cape Cod Furies won their first game of the year uh, with a 3-1 victory over Martha's Vineyard over the weekend. Um, Nikki Walt, uh, Jody Watola, and Connor Boucher uh, all scored in the win. Uh, Margaret Dixon had two assists. You know, Just nice to see that hard-grinding team finally get a win. You Definitely. Know. I think they're making, you know, slowly but surely making strides. Certainly have a long way to go. Um, but you celebrate the milestones. Yeah, absolutely. They keep battling, and you know they're going to host Marshfield tomorrow. And though Marshfield won the first 8-3, I think this is one of the teams that the Furious can skate with, mm-hmm. and two straight wins. You know, they, I'm sure they'd be feeling pretty good if if they can uh, manage that one. So um, that was just about do with hockey. It's gonna be a, gonna be a great week coming up for sure. We'll turn over to basketball and the entire Cape and Islands League Championship on the boys' side could very well come down to today's game when 12 and one Cape Cod Academy goes to nine and three Nantucket on the island. CCA beat Nantucket by uh, they had a big comeback in the fourth quarter Alex Marchant led the way this was I think their second game of the season so long time ago now and they have just been rolling since they enter the game on a six game winning streak they're averaging 83.3 points scored and only 44.5 allowed per game over the last four games that's a difference of 39 points if you're doing the math they just dropped 93 points on Cape Tech on Thursday Jane Greenleaf has just been playing outstanding basketball all season, but he's stepped it up even more in this four-game stretch. He's averaging 29 points per game. He's pretty much guaranteed himself a league all-star honor at this point, and I put him as a front-runner for MVP. I mean, I don't know if he'll win it, but he is absolutely going to be in the conversation for it. And the problem is, even if Nantucket can slow down Greenleaf, you can count on a double-digit night from Alex Marchant. You can probably count on a double-double from Andrew James. Cam Pauls has had a couple of double-digit nights, which he wasn't doing earlier in the season. So that's another option out of another position. As long as they can just stay relaxed and not get too overhyped about what this means, because if they do win this, they're in a pretty comfortable place to at least tie for the league title. They've just got one game left against Monomoy, and I think they'll 
they should they're definitely capable of winning that game even if Monomoy beat them earlier. Um, on Nantucket's side, they had won eight straight games before they lost to Nosset, a Division II team, on Saturday. They've also been playing really well. They're averaging 68 points of offense. They also had a 93-point game recently. Uh, they're beating teams by about 16.5 points a game. Uh, Their big players, though, it's Victor Gambaroni and Devontae Usher. And if CCA can keep them controlled, then the Seahawks, I think, can definitely win this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Nantucket's a little more battle-tested, though, when you just look at the teams that it played. I agree. I mean, and, and you saw, the, I believe you were at the first matchup between these teams, Cape Cod Academy and Nantucket, right? Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, Nantucket was really able to race out to an early lead yep. before Cape Cod Academy rallied. So uh, Nantucket's certainly capable, and I think they have the advantage now. Being at home, you know, mm-hmm. Cape Cod Academy, maybe their shots are off early on. So if you're Cape Cod Academy, I think you really got to avoid that slow start because it's yeah. going to be much harder to rally on the road um, than it would be at home. Yeah, I agree. If they can keep the game, I mean, if they can have a lead, that's the best situation. Right, but if they can't, if they can stay within, I would say, 10 points of Nantucket at halftime, they're, they'd very much be in striking distance in the second half. But you know they have started incredibly fast during this run of theirs and i think they can you know i think they are very confident in each other right now and hopefully you know the ride on the ferry doesn't kill that gambroni he's averaging 17.3 games over the three points leading, per game right points per game excuse me what did i say <laughs> games <laughs> yeah uh, over the previous three games before the nos at one where he was held to 11 so maybe there's a bit of a clue about one way you can slow down Nantucket. Devontae usher 12 and a half points per game in the last two weeks no terrain Burton against Nosset and Malik Bodden just scored three points. So if you can take away Gambaroni and Usher and make Nantucket's other scores beat you, that's kind of, I think, the defensive ideal because their other scores are good, but not that they're not what uh, Gambaroni and Usher can do. Just like Greenleaf and Marshawn are kind of the offensive spark plugs to CCA. And if you can take them away, you can keep the CCA offense in check. Yeah, and I mean, Nantucket can play in a bunch of different ways. They can certainly run. They got they yeah. got the speed to run fast, break up tempo offense, but they can also play the ball well inside. And I think Gambaroni's been a big, big, mm-hmm. strong presence on the inside. I, I think he's been the, the recipient of that. So we'll and, see what kind of game Nantucket wants to play because I think you're really going to have to see a combination of both. Exactly. You know, and CCA, it's – they have some good forwards, but they are very much built as a guard-space team. Marchand is a guard. Greenleaf is a guard. James is a forward, but he plays – he's kind of a three. He's kind of a fusion small right, forward. Right. They ask him to play like the four or the five and really get the rebounds, and he does it well, but he's not as big or and or tall as some of the other forwards and centers he goes against. So – if they really can work the ball inside, Nantucket, I think, probably has a pretty big advantage there. And I think, I mean, all of these teams, I believe all these teams have, what, one league loss? Cape Cod Academies to Monomoy, right? Yeah, Cape Cod Academies to Monomoy. And Nantucket lost to Cape Cod Academy. Yeah. Uh, but I think Nantucket beat Monomoy early. They correct me if I'm wrong. That game maybe never actually happened. I think that game got postponed. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so there's still that matchup. It's not over yet, even after, no matter who wins no. this game. You know, but... CC, the Cape and Islands is basically three teams. It's right. CCA, Nantucket, and Monomoy. Right. And in the next week and a half, we'll get a lot of these matchups sorted, and we'll see who, who comes out on top of that. Um, also, some big games coming up. DY has uh, 10 and 2. Two very big games this week. Uh, they have Monomoy today, and then they're at Sandwich on Friday. 
Sandwich is the only team that's beaten DY in the Atlantic Coast League, and they really don't want to give that game up again. Sandwich has proven kind of pesky this year. They've beaten Nosset and DY. They hung with Marshfield for the entire game. I think they only wound up losing by a point um, on Friday. You know, DY is coming off a really emotional, at times kind of ugly win over <laughs> Falmouth on Friday. But a win is a win, and that was a really big one for them. That was a sweep, which hasn't happened in a very long time. You know, DY in the Monomoy game doesn't matter all that much, but they don't want to give away this, uh, this one against Sandwich. So Jaquan Phillips, Logan Grosek, Cam Taubert, you know, they're going to need another big performance, and they're going to need to play better than they did the first time they played each other. Yeah, and you were at that game, you know, found with D.Y. What was that clash like just between, you know, Grosick and um, Cam Dunbarry, especially both guys who can throw it down? And- yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was ugly. There was right. a ton of fouling. Grosick fouled out. Uh, I believe Dunbarry fouled out too. <laughs> Cardoza came close. You know, by the, the end of the game, D.Y. was down to its third string uh center who actually had a layup in that last minute and a half that was kind of a bit of a backbreaker for right. the Clippers. Uh, you know, Grosek didn't back down, but he was, you know, Dunbury had a size advantage and Falmouth had an advantage on offensive rebounds. I mean, D.Y. really struggled to rebound the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, you know, you see the physical side come out in that one and that's kind of a result of the score. Was it 41-35? Yeah, pretty Defensive yeah. struggle. And Falmouth has been able to do that, so... Mm-hmm. Again, you know, the defense has been great, but sometimes their scoring can lack in games like that. So Absolutely. We'll see how that plays out down the road. Yeah. Nasset, I'm I'm only gonna mention them quickly. They're eight and five now. They they hit a, a pretty bad lull for for a couple of weeks. Um, but it's nice to see them turn that around this past week with a couple of big wins two in a row. They had the buzzing buzzer beater over uh, Barnstable, a division one team. Then they beat Nantucket on Saturday to snap an eight game uh, Whalers winning streak. Uh, and avenge a, a loss from earlier this season. Spencer Jones playing real well for Nosset right now. He had the game-winning shot, and then he scored 12 against the Whalers. Uh, that Nosset-Nantucket game was interesting because Bobby Joy, who had 35 points against Barnstable, wasn't available. So it was kind of Jones and Henry Blanchard, who's been also playing really well, carry the load. And we'll see if they can keep that up um, this week. You know, the ACL is a little bit out of reach for them at this point, but they're at Marshfield today. They host Falmouth on Friday. Even if they can't win the title, they can muddy up the standings with wins here. They can put, you know, wrench, monkey wrenches into other teams' hopes to win a title. So we'll see how they handle uh, the return to ACL play, see if they can finally get a league win. Mm-hmm. So, we'll want to hit the girls? Yeah, let's do it. Well, <laughs> you put it that way. <laughs> Do you want to cover girls? Cover girls, there you go. Excuse me, everyone. <laughs> Hopefully, contextually, it's clear what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, that, that's going to be a, a drop that they're going to play all of our radio stations. I, no. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone cuts up this show. Sure. So, so sorry, everybody. It's that, your birthday, man. Come on. Let's have some fun. Unfortunate <laughs> phrasing. Let's get to girls basketball. So, uh, Nosset, obviously, they're 9-3 and three right now. They're on a seven-game winning streak. They have Marshfield tonight. That's a very winnable game for them. They beat Marshfield by 20 points earlier this month. Uh, you know, they only had one game last week, but it was a big one. It was a 60-54 win over Barnstable, you know, a D1 opponent with a Division One player, uh, Carly Whiteside, who is very close to 1,000 career points. You hit that Friday's 14 points away from it. Yeah. So uh, Skylar Sanderson was huge in that game, 17. Michaela Hutchinson, 14 points. Ashley Ross, 10. You know, last time against Marshfield, Avery Burns and Reagan Meehan were the big scorers. 
and in a lot of ways, that game is what kind of got, I think, Nasset on track and got them onto this streak. It, technically, they beat Monomoy first, and that was their first of these uh, seven straight wins. But that game won't even count against Monomoy's record. The, you know, it's D2 versus D4. Marshfield is a D1 team, and that was when the Warriors, I think, really started to find their groove. So it'd be fitting if another win over the uh, Rams is what propels them into Friday's huge rematch with Falmouth, uh, an 8-3 and three team. Right, and I mean, it's really almost that. You, you can almost call that Barnesville-Nosset the, mm-hmm. the two best teams, but Falmouth is in the conversation because they've oh, yeah. taken Nosset right to the wire. Absolutely. And, it's actually, and they took Barnesville overtime, so mm-hmm. I mean... They, they just took both teams to overtime. They just, haven't, they just haven't come out on the winning side of it, so certainly we're excited to see these rematches. Mm-hmm. I believe Nosset and Barnesville get to see each other again, too, at the end of the season. Yeah, I think so. So I, I'm really excited to see the second round. You were at Barnesville-Nosset, and it's just a, it's outstanding seeing Whiteside and uh, Sanderson, both players who, well, Whiteside's going to go to Vermont, but certainly uh, Skyler's got some college potential oh, yeah. as well. Just what was that matchup in the paint going head-to-head like that? It I was know Another teammates and friends, too. Yeah, it was physical. It was tough. There was a, a, a moment late in the fourth quarter where Sanderson drove to the basket and put Carly Whiteside on her back, like, right. and she went down pretty hard. But yeah, when the game was over, the two of them like were taking pictures with uh, Frank Anella, one of the Nasset co-captains. Most of the Nasset squad plays for the Cape Cod Bulls, as does Whiteside. They've been friends for seven or eight years, and they they play together a lot more than they play as opponents. So mm. you know they go they went really hard at each other during the game, and then were extremely friendly and and friend like with each other as soon as like the minute it was over. Right. And, you know, and both teams play similarly, too. They both have really shifty guards, you mm-hmm. know, Nakia Bland in particular for Barnstable. But then you got all these guards for, for uh, Nosset, you know, Sonny Green, for example, yep. Canella, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. I mean, who can all shoot from deep. So it's really fun to watch both these teams play, and especially when it's against each other. Definitely. Nakia Bland is a little bit more the kind of defender who will run up behind you and take the ball away. Right. I haven't seen Nosset do that as much. They're more just... They will try to stay with you one-on-one, right. you know, man-to-man coverage the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, Falmouth, you know, one of the reasons they've been able to stay with Nosset and Barstable and all the elite teams and beat a lot of them is that they have Kayla Thomas, who right. is maybe the best individual girls player in, in the ACL. I'd put her up against anybody from Nosset uh, and certainly anybody from Sandwich or Marshfield or DY. Um, you know, she scored, had 18 points and then 21 points in two games last week. Falmouth, after that overtime loss to Barnstable, they've had back-to-back wins, 101 points scored between the two games. Um, the other player I'd really be curious about is Skylar Gonzalez, uh, who she's going to be the one to who's probably going to have to match up against Sanderson um, or one of Noss's other forwards on Friday. She had a double-double against Plymouth North, and if she can either keep Sanderson in check find space to score herself, or just get Nossett's forwards in foul trouble, which was a problem the first time the two teams placed, I think, uh, faced off, excuse me, I think Falmouth really does have a chance to win this game. Yeah, absolutely, but I, I really think Nossett defensively is going to come in with a plan for, for Kayla Thomas, as you just mentioned. They're going to need to certainly limit her double at all mm-hmm. you know costs, and like you said, make other players like Gonzalez, um, or even Anya Thomas, or, or there's a couple other players who have been in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and beat you there because again, yeah, Thomas could go off. I think the other night she hit four three pointers. Yeah, I think, and in the first quarter. Yeah, she's a really, really com- set the tone. <laughs> she's a really complete player. She can yeah. hit the outside shot and she can also drive Try, to yeah. the hoop very easily. 
the last girls team we'll just touch on real quickly is Nantucket. They're ten and three. They're now in the playoffs. So congrats to the Whalers. Uh, they are on a five-game winning streak heading into today's game at Cape Cod Academy. I think they're right now the clear favorite to win the Cape and Islands. Teams are scoring under twenty points a night against them. You know, Malika Phillip and Marina Caspi really have that defense locked down. Phillip also leading the team. You know, she's had 15.6 points per game in her last five games. So I, I, I think Nantucket will easily win this game, and I think they will probably handily win the Cape and Islands. Yeah, what I really liked about Nantucket, I got, I got to see them play last week, is the fact that you see a lot of teams play like a box and one are real focused on Phillip. But even against at Monomoy a week ago, mm-hmm. they put that box and one on for Phillip, and she didn't even score till the second quarter. But her teammates were able to hit jump shots yep. anyway from the inside and really take control of that game early. So it just goes to show that it's not just ride or die by Phillip, although she's certainly an important part and ended mm-hmm. up with a team-high 18 points. But other players can also you know, sure. make plays when other teams are focusing down on it, and I think that's what makes Nantucket really dangerous. That plus the fact that their press is very strong mm-hmm. and can really wear a team down yes. over the course of four quarters. You know, They do that kind of swinging zone coverage with their guards where they just kind of shift double teams from handler to handler, and if you make one mistake, if you throw one bad ball up in the air, somebody's going to bat it in the other direction and go yep. on the fast break. Uh, let's hit swimming real quickly, shall we? Sure. So in swimming, we've got uh, the uh, Bay Colony Conference Championship coming up pretty soon. I I don't think there's any doubt that, uh, for me, that uh, Nantucket's going to win it again. I mean, they've won it. They kind of seem to always sweep it. They, mm-hmm. They're undefeated. They just won the Bay Colony Conference Dual Meet Championship. They've already won the Cape Cod Classic and the Bay Colony Conference Relay Carnival. You know, they swept Bridgewater Raynham on Saturday. That's a D1 program to improve to 9-0. and That came one af- day after the Nosset sweep, which was uh, Coach Jim Pignato's 199th and 200th career victories. I, friend of the show. Yeah, friend. <laughs> we call, I, I actually was wondering if we should call him that. <laughs> well, he's um, been on there. <laughs> so, you know, I, as I said, I didn't think Nosset could win that one. I didn't think they could take enough events to do it. But in, I, not only was I right – Nantucket dominated that Nosset meet. The Whaler boys won all 11 events, including seven in state qualifying times. You had James Taffy and Tyler Roth winning four events each. Whaler girls won nine events, made sectionals in five in state and one. Bit of a final score, that, you know, bit closer final score, but still Jackie Jordan and Sophie Girardi both with four wins, and this is pretty cl- complete. You know, last year in the Bay Colony Championship, Nantucket girls won by 165 points over Barnstable, and the boys, I mean, they finished pretty well, ahead, 43 points ahead of bridgewater Raynham. Nosset is the second-best record among Cape schools, but I just don't see anyone pulling off the upset. Yeah, I think this is going to be pretty much a battle for a second. Who, who could be the runner-up in this game? Yeah, meet? and then I'm really curious to right. see how many kids Nantucket can get to state and how, how well mm. they can actually do, because clearly they're all swimming yeah. exceptionally well this year. I mean, the only thing you could say is Nantucket, I think, had three or four four meets or something like that, or I think about three meets in, in four or five days. So Yeah, so they'll taper a little after this yeah, and recover. absolutely, but, but I, don't, I don't think that's going to slow them down at all. If anything, I'm sure they'll be shaving leading up to um, you know the sectional meets and, and sure. the other bigger meets but coming up. But this is it for them until sectional, so they it's can true. go hard and then recover with plenty of time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So that's so that actually begins Friday with diving yep. over at Sandwich High School. Mm-hmm. The and boys will go in the morning at 10 a.m. On Saturday. On yeah. Saturday. And then the girls will be t- uh, 2.15 I think so, yes. Yeah. And so Saturday. that's all at Sandwich High School. They yes. got a, a nice pool in there. So uh, if you like swimming, be a lot of it. Yeah. Stay warm in there, too, because pool yeah. decks can get really warm. Yeah, nice, warm, humid. Make sure you're rehydrating because you'll probably sweat a little if bit. If you're in the Midwest, that's where you want to be right now, an editorium. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stay nice and warm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's, hit, let's get to wrestling real quickly. So big match to circle tomorrow is Barnstable is going to get to face Sandwich in a head-to-head match. Mm-hmm. These teams were close at the Cape Cod invite about 10 days ago, and, and there's going to be some great rematches in this one. At 132, you'll most likely have Josh Stanley going up against Kevin Keegan. Mm-hmm. Those are both in the finals at 132. Stanley ended up winning that match. Barnstable's Josh Stanley ended up winning that match uh, by pin. Um, at 138, his brother Mike Stanley uh, got a win over Tanner Davison. Or excuse me, I, I got this mixed up. <laughs> Josh Stanley will face Kevin Keegan. Mm-hmm. Keegan made the finals of 132. Okay. At 138, Mike Stanley will face Tanner Davison most likely again. Stanley won by pin 212, 2 minutes and 12 seconds into their final round match um, at the Cape Cod Invite. Mm-hmm. Um, too many Stanleys, too many, uh, yeah, <laughs> too many similar names here <laughs> um, that went into this one. Um, 152-160, you know, this is something I was looking at. It would be really cool to see, you know, two guys that we've profiled, Paul Cody from Sandwich 152. Mm-hmm. Versus one six, uh, Barnstable's Joe Molina, who's at one sixty. I'm guessing, you know, if we were in a fantasy land to see that matchup, I still think Molina would have the advantage. Yeah, I, just being up a higher weight class, probably a little bit more strength. But Cody has really some unmatched quickness, and I really think it'd make for a great match if they were ever to be in the same weight class. But certainly, I don't think either coaches are thinking that they want to keep their athletes as fresh as possible, leading into sectionals, which will be February 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, Division one that those matchups will be division one for Barnesville will be at Brockton, division two is at Whitman Hanson, division three is at Foxborough. So, um, another good matchup I think one, real quickly too will be at two twenty. Uh, Andre Penny from Sandwich. We'll see how he handles uh, Barnesville's Josh Oliveira. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking with Coach Dan Hellman at the, at the invite, and he said Oliveira has been a big surprise this year. So we'll see how he matches up in a, in a head-to-head matchup like this. Um, you know, going forward. All right. Oh, yes, in track. track. So, yeah, let's hit track and field real quickly, too. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely. Um, They had the coaches meet over the weekend. A lot of things happening over at Reggie Lewis Center in Boston. Uh, You had the Grand Prix uh, Mm -hmm. National, and big local thing with that is the Tommy, the the men's one mile race was Mm -hmm. renamed the Tommy Leonard Memorial Mile. So, nice, nice honor for the the late uh, founder of the Falmouth Road Race, Dad, a couple weeks ago. Um, Nice to see them, you know, Grand Prix event in Boston, do something for his memory. Because mm-hmm. certainly Tommy was a legend in Boston, too. is a Boston Marathon's official greeter, race greeter. Um, so, nice thing in his memory. But in the high school action, you know, Matt Cahill continues to have a great season for the Nasset boys. Uh, jumped 6-4 in the high jump and ended up winning the event in the small school meet. So, wow. we're certainly interested to see how, you know, Cahill goes moving forward. You know, we talked about Cam Kurgo, too, from Mashpee mm-hmm. um, being in the high jump. Certainly, we'll see how these both do these guys both do as we get into the sectional and some of these bigger meets that happen next month. Very cool. I think that would do it. Yeah. If you missed any part of this show, you can check it out at uh, capecuttimes.com slash capesportsnow. You can also visit the Facebook page. Um, you can also download the podcast on the um, Apple, Apple, Google Play Store. Um, and stay tuned for the latest updates uh, in case there's any winter weather coming in. 
Uh, we'll have updates on any game or schedule changes at Sports CCT. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Steve underscore Derdarian. My last name's D-E-R, D-E-R-I-A-N. And I'm at Matt Goisman, CCT, M-A-T-T, G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the games out there. Drive safe. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.